नमस्ते वेलकम टू सच कॉन्वर्सेशन मैटर Today we have Mrs. Pallavi Khanna as our guest. She is a mental wellness counselor who has been working with high school students and college students in Jalandhar, Punjab. I also belong to Jalandhar and I got to know Pallavi ma'am last year uh, through a mutual friend. Since then we've had multiple discussions about uh, about her work because she's worked with schools where I also work. She's worked with NIT Jalandhar that is my college although I couldn't meet her at that time. She joined the college as a counselor later on. um but for the past 10 years she has been counseling a lot of students so the conversation today is about uh the emotional needs and emotional well-being mental well-being of high school students college students what all needs to be done and then her latest venture called sage advice which uses technology so that more and more people have access to good quality counseling not only uh, mental well-being and emotional counseling but also career advice and a bunch of other things that they offer on their portal they have more than 40 amazing experts from all over the country onboarded and they provide counseling services to citizens of india people living in india and people living outside uh, india the indian diaspora so without much ado hi pallavi ma'am how are you hi saurabh i'm doing well thank you so uh, pallavi ma'am uh, let me start with the the first question itself uh, as to uh, everyone uh, you know has gone through this crazy pandemic uh, which no one really expected how has uh, been your 2020 uh, or how was it because the, the pandemic is still continuing maybe i can just take on from where you left uh, you you called it a crazy pandemic so the word crazy is probably what uh, i think is, uh, is is gone down into collective consciousness so you i doubt would meet anybody who's saying that uh, that what has happened is is wonderful or great though people are trying to find some meaning in it and and are trying to uh, look at the positive things you know uh, which which is i think part of the resilience and the adaptation that human beings have been built into their uh, you know wiring uh, that said i think initially it was uh, the same like anybody else it was very confusing it was uh, even uh, i i remember feeling very overwhelmed and i i remember feeling scared like everybody else we didn't know what was happening and uh, so i remember feeling the emotions of fear and uh, worry and the concern you know thinking too much about the future thinking too much of what's going to happen where is the world heading to where are we all leading to and and i think seeing too much of pain all over so i i think that overall it's been uh, a period of a lot of self reflection and uh, understanding that uh, yes i i think uh, i i think the biggest lesson that probably the pandemic taught us uh, was uh, the the mortality you know the the kind of the the, the fact that we are all very mortal and uh, very vulnerable to to all these kind of different emotions and situations so uh, 
you know because i i do you know think a lot about uh, end of life and death and all kinds of similar kind of uh, topics and i i think as a race maybe you know we we are hardwired to just look at uh, you know that that very short sighted goals and actually planning for an exit or planning for death or you know uh, departure from this world is not something anybody would like to think about and and probably this pandemic just just got it in front of us you know just got it in front of us that so many people have gone you could be next you know so many people are in the icu you could be next so that feeling of that uh, the perception of one's own mortality i think just became very vivid and uh, so i i think uh, then uh, close to around august of last year i also suffered uh, a very big loss i lost my sister uh, though not to covid uh, but uh, but yeah but she had comorbidities and uh, because of covid she wasn't visiting the hospital so i could call her a covid casualty so so we uh, i i think like so many people even i paid a very very heavy price to 2020 and uh, so i think uh, i went through a lot of emotions of guilt and you know self blame and and a lot of other things i think today i am at a place where i'm beginning to understand that uh, that i think i have to be a little kind to myself i'm beginning to allow myself to be kind to myself to attend to my own emotional needs and to to understand that uh, that that living and grieving have to go on simultaneously and and reaching out for support when i need it so th- that's how i'm taking the pandemic that's that's so true i mean there are a few things that you said you know i i we could probably have individual conversations on each of those threads um but uh, you're so right that i think uh, you know when you uh, talked about comorbidities uh, related to covid-19 i think people have not yet fully understood that how covid-19 has uh, affected a our immunity our physical immunity and you know when we will see the real repercussions uh, but also what i think a lot of people are still yet to realize and st- studies still have yet to be done on the basis of um, you know the losses which happened because of covid-19 but maybe indirectly and so then that is what i think uh, another, you know our topic also today discusses um before the pandemic and i think uh, since the beginning of the human civilization there is uh this pandemic which goes along with us which grows with us uh and it changes course as and when our society also changes which is a uh, mental wellness and counseling um what do you think ma'am how did covid-19 actually affect mental wellness and counseling in india and maybe the rest of the world if if you know you have information about that undoubtedly that uh, the pandemic has had an impact on mental health uh, so in fact i think you can actually when one is studying uh, mental health one could say pre covid and post covid i mean it's it's like a absolute distinction so uh, i as i said that the pandemic made us all very vulnerable um uh, exposed uh, you know all our uh, uh you know all all our insecurities i i think they just they just played out all of us just probably just played out all our insecurities so so if if there was 
a little bit of fear it became magnified if if there was a little bit of self doubt it became magnified and uh, so if there was anxiety again it became magnified so one has heard of um, i i think there has there have been a lot of studies actual research studies which did uh, talk about uh, you know the effect of the pandemic on mental health and overall i think this is a global phenomenon but uh, uh, but but definitely stress anxiety depression uh, has has actually risen manifold and if if as a mental health professional you are asking me about the number of you know in the increase in the number of people reaching out for counseling services that also has increased to to deal with all this confusion to deal with uh, their their feelings of insecurities and anxiety which have man- magnified i think manifold manifold times so one has also heard about um, you know a lot of increase in domestic violence one has heard a lot about how uh, working from home has become extremely tough there are no boundaries one is working 20, you know literally 24/7 there is no leaving work and coming back so so lot of uh, young professionals who reported uh, the the stress of being at the beck and call of their uh, jobs all the time you know not able to actually make boundaries women who are professionals have not been able to make boundaries and and it's been very tough juggling uh, work as well as uh, catering to you know children's needs and uh, home needs and then ultimately end of the day uh, looking after the house and looking after uh, needs of everybody else falls on the woman so so there has been a lot of anxiety you know so no no boundaries like at least from 8 to 8 you can you can say that okay i'll attend to these things later you know but but now i think these boundaries just evaporated so i think uh, the notion of space and time just uh, vanished from our lives so so we were working all the time we were worrying all the time and uh, and and we did not know how to how to do things in a better way or differently so i think uh, overall it it's been really hard for uh, multiple people and uh, definitely i would say that uh, mental health has been a big casualty in the covid time absolutely ma'am and i couldn't agree with you more uh, that's why so let's you know before we get into the uh, topic of the conversation i would really like to know how did you get interested or uh, how did you uh, you know finally uh, decide to work in the mental wellness and counseling space uh, what has been your professional journey so far uh, would you like to summarize that for us a little bit that is something which happened very organically sort of nothing planned i did not uh, i did not have a road map in front of me i kind of just took things as they came and i kind of just went with the flow but i knew one thing that uh, so so i think i grew up in a atmosphere of a lot of respect and uh, freedom to make choices so i i think i naturally gravitated towards uh, subjects you know uh, which were which was you know studying human behavior and which was studying uh, you know uh, human emotions and uh, you know so things which really helped me connect to people better because i think uh, that is one of my strengths i connect very well with people so 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 it kind of 
I built on my strengths. And, and so this, I think the, the subject just kind of, I gravitated towards the subject very, very naturally, very organically. And, uh, and then when I, when I look at how I, uh, you know, pursued how I, uh, you know, after I finished my bachelor's, I went into master's at uh, TISS and how I, uh, over there, you know, I was exposed to so much, uh, you know, about uh, in the mental health uh, uh, world, about how uh, different treatments are done, how different therapies are applied, uh, how people are helped, you know, and, and different areas uh, on the mental health spectrum. So a lot of exposure. I knew that I wanted to be in this field for forever. This was my calling. But then, so when I uh, finished my master's, worked for a couple of years in Delhi, but then I got married and came to Punjab. When I came here, uh, people did not know about concepts like counseling, mental health. Nobody was talking about it. And this, this was in the uh, early 90s, right, ma'am? So, this is early 90s. This is early 90s, yeah. So about uh, 25 to 30 years ago. So I found that yeah, people don't even know about what counseling is. But I, I kind of found my way through different NGOs, different like-minded people, kept working, kept trying to build a base uh, for myself and, and try to help and reach out to whoever needed my services. So I, uh, we, I remember in 1995, I think, established a mental health organization called Metri. Uh, with an NGO called Manav Sayuk Society. And uh, so that was a wonderful experience, you know. So slowly and slowly, you know, community-based mental health services started to uh, take place out here in Jalandhar. Then I reached out to schools, introduced school counseling. Then I reached out to colleges then hospitals. So I, I, I did it very organically. And then wherever I felt that I needed to upgrade my learning, I, I did that. So when I was in school, then I met children who were not able to cope with academics, you know, then I, I got certifications done in uh, different uh, approaches towards understanding um, children with learning disabilities and learning problems. So so it's been, I would say, a very organic growth and, uh, you know, everything which is, I think, totally uh, the foundation would be my interest, my passion and my love for this subject. So that in a nutshell would describe what I am and where I am today. So how many years would you say? 30. It's been three decades. Wow. So three decades. In May of this year, I would be celebrating uh, 30th anniversary in this field of counseling and mental health. That's amazing. So ma'am, uh, congratulations on, on such a long journey and you've been a veteran of uh, mental wellness in North India, I would say. Um, talking about North India and small towns, ma'am, what do you think, uh, how, how has the attitude of people changed, uh, especially in a small town like Jalandhar? Jalandhar is well, still not relatively a very small town. It's an industrial town as well. You know, a lot of connections with uh, outside India as well. So I would not call Jalandhar a typical small town uh, in India, but uh, still, how has the attitude really changed? uh among the people uh, you know in the past 30 years people have begun accepting that there are certain problems which need uh addressing though i will say that there is still a lot of denial and a lot of uh, lack of awareness so
so uh, as you know that i've been associated with a couple of educational institutions now there uh, and and in an institution that i was uh, that i am actively associated with nit jalandhar is is a place where uh, a lot of informed and you know people who have had exposure uh have you know so so you know they they are the population that i deal with and reach out to so i i find that there maybe yes there is a little bit of acceptance and understanding but but overall if i look at uh, the city uh, there's there still i would say that in 30 years uh, still i think we're still fumbling and we are still not completely there in terms of understanding of what mental health is and actually and and so this i i won't call this a small town phenomenon i would call this uh the fear of uh, taking treatment the fear of labeling yourself the fear of accepting that you have a problem there is huge stigmatization attached even today and i won't say this is a small town thing this is probably across everywhere you know it's probably across india so i i think uh, sort of as a society you know we give a lot of uh probably too much of uh, weightage to to success and to positivity and to uh feeling good and feeling well and feeling happy all the time you know i i think uh, so so you know uh, allowing i think that whole expression of emotions allowing that that it's okay you know life is okay if it's not perfect you know so that that awareness is not there uh that said now you know i i would also say that awareness is not there regarding when to reach out so people would not know that that difference between worry and anxiety between sadness and clinical depression uh between uh, uh probably even uh, miss out signs of uh, suicidal ideation you know like uh, somebody contemplating suicide is there in your midst but you might just miss out the signs because you're just not looking and and you just don't see it you don't see it you don't see struggle around you you don't want to see it and and i think because of this whole notion of societies wanting everybody wanting to be very perfect you know we all put on masks and we are out there trying to show the our best face outside so that's i think going to that that's actually paying one is paying a very heavy price because of that attitude uh where people are i think too vulnerable and not willing to show that you need help so that so so lack of awareness is one problem which is still persisting so so much so sorry of that people don't even know that uh, that there is something called a psychiatrist or there is something called a psychologist you know there is a professional like that you know and and there are no boundaries like people would come to me and say ma'am dawai de do and i'm like nahi main dawai nahi deti i don't give medicine you know so then they are confused then fir aap kya karte ho you know aap sirf baatcheet karoge and then they are not very happy that aap sirf baatcheet karoge you know so they want quick fixes they want medicines uh, so so also telling them that what conditions you you need medication and which conditions you don't need medication so so even that awareness is something which we professionals guide but but i don't know like for example somebody who came to me the other day who has a who has a daughter 
who is uh, apparently from what the mother was describing is undergoing psychotic symptoms so when i said that this person needs to go to a psychiatrist so the the mother did not understand and the mother did not uh, agree and said that uh, so so there is a lot of myths and a lot of misunderstandings and beliefs about what this whole profession is and how if you have a problem which you cannot see it is inside the person but so but but it is actually a, it is a genuine problem you know you're not acting out you're not you're not just getting attention to yourself or you're not just acting difficult you have a problem i i understand you know the lack of awareness is there but over the past 3 decades you must have observed that the kind of questions that the people are asking and the quality of questions must have changed a little bit so again it, it you know uh, it's it's not about the entire population because uh, everyone had uh, has different access to information money and you know uh, knowledge and maybe the culture is uh, more progressive than others so uh, you know you will always have those people who have known nothing about mental wellness but then again generally if, if we try to uh, you know uh, ask this question as to what have uh, what are the changes in the questions which are asked or have they changed have they become more open or uh, have they shut down i mean what uh, what have your observations been over the past 3 decades uh saurabh i still have people come to me and the first session when they sit in front of me and i and i and i ask them okay how can i help you first i introduce myself and tell them who i am and what i do the work i do and the fact that whatever they are saying i'm not uh, going to be sharing it with anybody because confidentiality is a big part of the work i do and uh, that i'm not judging them because being non judgmental is part of my training so when i tell them that you know so then it's it's i can see that it is okay they are processing it and and then to to make them comfortable i kind of you know uh, i i ask them questions about themselves about the work they do about the, the place they live in or about the families they belong to so just ice breaking questions and then once they've spoken to me and and they've shared whatever they wanted to i you know this they, they say oh my god uh, ma'am we were so stressed before coming out to you you know before you know we were we were so stressed thinking i ki aap kya puchhoge hamare se aur hum kya batayenge aapko so it's like the whole the whole act of coming to uh, the table to to discuss about yourself and your emotions is so it's so threatening that that people that they they say that you know we were so scared we didn't know what you're going to ask and we didn't know if you're adequate enough to answer so so they're already going through that sense of inadequacy they're already going through that sense of scarcity and uh, and and so they it's it takes a lot of courage sort of to come to a counselor and to to say that i need help but when they come there's still a lot of anxiety in the first meeting at least you know before the ice is broken and uh, so so that that is something that's persisting for the last so human behavior basically doesn't change it's it's still there that that first session fear that i don't know what you would have asked absolutely absolutely ma'am i had a small question here so we know that our culture especially asian culture in general i mean i lived in japan i saw the same thing happening over there in fact uh, you know a very sad statistic from 2020 more people have died in japan due to suicide uh, in 2020 than due to covid-19 uh, which is uh, you know it it's amazing um so we know our cultures don't support it but then in the school system where psychology is actually taught 
where teachers are supposed to be telling students do you think uh, our schools are doing that justice to tell people it's absolutely okay to talk to a psychologist it's just like talking to uh, you know a coach for your basketball maybe your math teacher it is the same uh, do you think the schools are doing something like that yeah the schools are trying to address uh, emotional uh, needs of uh, especially like you know children who are uh, vulnerable especially like you know so children who probably have learning problems or, or who they feel are bullied so children, schools i see are very proactive in supporting uh, emotional and psychological needs uh, of children you know so uh, transitional needs of children but um, that stigma you know when a child would walk into my office and then when the child would go back to class you know that 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 look that the child would get from the peer that you know what were you doing in the psychologist office you know what why did you go there so so that is something which was very uh, very perceptible it wasn't an it wasn't part of a figment of anybody's imagination that stigmatization is still there sort of so yeah it could be part of our culture it could be part of uh, how this is seriously just not maybe uh, still um completely one is just not very open and comfortable about just saying that okay i had a session with my therapist today and as you said it should be as normal and natural as going to a football coach so you go to a mind coach you go to a uh, somebody who can fix the way you're thinking and feeling so so that openness yes it's coming about there is the uh, you know the parents are also uh, a part of this equation uh you know when the teachers might be saying something progressive or the schools are trying to introduce something nice which is required but uh you know when it comes to the parent teacher association or when the discussions start happening the parents are strictly like don't do that to our child whatever happens you will not uh you know make <laughs> that exception for our children uh let them be normal or whatever they call normal as yeah there is a hesitancy amongst parents and uh, there is a lot of uh, fear of labeling there is that fear that uh, that maybe just going to a psychologist would scar mentally scar my child the fact that he had to go to a psychologist so that fear is there in parents and uh, probably uh, you know they don't want to because then some way i don't know why but meeting a psychologist is translated into i failed as a person and i failed as a parent kind of a kind of kind of a perception which is which is definitely something that needs to change that is definitely something that needs to go because uh, to to say to to be proactive and say that okay you know so i am somebody who's imperfect and it's okay to be imperfect and it's okay to take help and it's okay to share and reach out and get help from wherever which is the best possible way to overcome whatever stress that you're going through so that openness is is still lacking and i won't call that a small town thing that is something all over i mean you will not just not find someone who's walking in and saying oh, you know i had an appointment with my therapist and so i i i'm just back from there From from a session, and I'm looking forward to the next session. Nobody would say that. You you still would try to hide it, and you know, and and keep it under wraps. So stigmatization is still there, despite all the progress we've made. 
things are changing they're changing slowly there are a lot of op very open minded and uh, uh, people who understand how uh, you know this is very very relevant and very very important and needs to be addressed so, you know they're not comfortable with uh, disclosing or sharing and as, as i said it's all to do with maybe their own self perception of of failing somewhere you know which which needs to change because it's 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 courageous healthy and uh, and uh, proactive and resilient and emotionally agile people who reach out for who understand and recognize and reach out for help so that's the message that needs to go out to the general public Absolutely, ma'am. Thank you so much for that, and we will keep on doing more such things. Uh, maybe part of such conversations matter, or maybe part of something else that we do together under the banner of sage advice or uh, some other banner. That doesn't matter. What we need to do is create more awareness. Um, so, ma'am, moving on to your, uh, you know, um, professional uh, stint with uh, NIT Jalandhar, and you know, it is so unfortunate that I completed my studies over there uh, in two thousand nine. and i think a couple of years later you joined in and you know we never really had that uh, opportunity to actually interact and it's only last year that i <laughs> got to know about you from a mutual friend so uh, please uh, please tell us uh, how your experience has been in nit jalandhar and uh, please tell us uh, you know nit jalandhar or nits iits all these institutions uh, they are full of uh, young people who are high achievers uh, you know very high iq uh well not uh, as great as eq but yeah very high iq and uh, you know they ultimately become uh, very high achievers in their life what are some of the issues that you came across uh, with those students that's the first question i had when i heard that nitj was looking for a psychologist you know i i said the very same question that uh, why do they need you know uh kids kids there they've they've already come into a college and you know they know that they'll get a job and uh, so so all's good you know why why do they need a psychologist but it's been 10 years now with uh, nit and uh, i have had uh, many many great experiences interacting with uh, with students the biggest problem that uh, or issue that people would reach out with would be uh, a sense of feeling overwhelmed and disorganized and uh, not knowing where they are heading not knowing uh, okay humne bahut mehnat kara you know we've come up to this this place so there's there's this huge part of the population there which does not want to be there because they were hoping for a bigger higher ranked college so there is a lot of dissatisfaction amongst some percentage of people there you know students over there and then the rest of them uh, there, there is also a bit of confusion as i said and this is not what we signed up for kind of feeling हमें नहीं पता था कि यू नो इंजीनियरिंग में ये सब होता है यू नो सो दिस इज नॉट वॉट वी वॉन्टेड टू डू आई एक्चुअली आई वॉन्ट टूंगली रिमेम्बर दैट कॉन्वर्जेशन विद स्टूडेंट एंड आई थिंक दैट स्टूडेंट एक्चुअली अप्लाई टू टी आई एस एस एंड ऑल्सो गॉट इट गॉट इट मिशन आई रिमेम्बर हिम रीचिंग आउट टू मी एंड टेलिंग मी दैट सो I I think maybe 
like you yourself as a career guidance uh, coach uh, are seeing that people choose careers without knowing kya hoga you know so i i found a lot of people like one child wanted to be a theater artist and he was doing mechanical engineering totally dissatisfied and one child wanted to be a writer and she, she was doing uh, some computer science engineering very very challenging so of course they are bright kids you know they would do rote learning or whatever and get past it but a lot of them would understand somewhere in the first or second year that this is not what they signed up for this is not what they are looking for to do for the rest of their lives so there is that sense of dissatisfaction and confusion you are a big example of someone who's diversified and died, you know so great uh, myself included yeah yourself included so like like yourself i think i found many students who came knocking at my door and wanted to sort out because when they would tell their parents you know they would i don't i don't know how much of support they received from that side so so they would come and at least get one some adult you know one adult to patiently listen to what they had to share so then then there was lot of uh, uh i would say not knowing what freedom actually entails so they are out of home for the first time they are on campus not much of uh, checking on them of course uh, i was in fact i used to interact with a lot of female students who would cry that you know we have too much of over checking on us but uh, but overall i would say there there was a there, you know overall the atmosphere is one of freedom at least you know you leave home you you know you go and stay in a campus and you're free so not knowing what that freedom entails you know so some of some of the students really used to organize and manage their lives very well but some would really get scattered and and just go all the all you know all over the place and probably get into also some kind of behaviors which are very very hard to even change later on like uh, addictions and stuff like that you know you come under peer pressure you don't know how to deal with it you want to fit in you don't want to not fit in you know not be singularly left out because you're not uh, going with the flow so those kind of things and uh, then lot of relationship issues plenty of relationship issues lot of heartbreaks in fact i actually began to want to write to a pharma company that listen please make a pill for heartbreak you know it's not heartbreak you know everywhere you go you would find people who Uh, students who you know fallen in love and uh, and then have their uh, heart broken if i were to use that word so so not knowing how to manage relationships and and not knowing how much to invest and how to actually provide a safety or a a safety net for yourself you you're absolutely right i mean and you know when you're saying these things you know just you're just listing them down bullet point wise and i can actually recall the four years that i spent uh, you know at nit jalandhar and it's it's not only about nit jalandhar i think it's it's common uh, i've seen that trend in uh, iits nits uh, all these uh, colleges which have you know huge campuses they are outside the city you're supposed to work with machines uh, and you know so what ha- used to happen was there uh, we did not have you before uh, there was no counselor and uh, we all know nit jalandhar also went through a very bad phase of uh, ragging and uh, suicides so um, 
you know i i used to have friends who would uh, who would talk to me in detail and i personally did not know how to answer to them i was just 19 and i said i i don't know what to tell you i mean you i i get it that you're comfortable you know speaking to me probably i have that natural talent but um i i don't know what advice to give you because i myself don't know and isn't it so ironic you you are beating the competition of the entire country and landing at a place you supposed to be the future of the country in many ways and you looked up to you you know people look up to you and parents uh, distribute sweets because of your success but you are not emotionally uh, well balanced you do not know how to do it you do not know how to deal with certain things um and so all those things do come together and that's such a such a uh, you know amazing uh, phenomena that you've achieved something which people say is success but uh, you don't know how to uh, go about the rest of the journey ma'am is are there certain uh, points that you would like to share with uh, you know today's uh, students who are much more informed i know and who have access to more resources uh, but you know certain tips as to if you're an engineering student in in uh, in a high achieving college or if you're a student in a high achieving college period how do you manage your life for the next 3 to 4 years yeah that's a great uh, question to ask sorov and i think uh, it's important that uh some kind of focus needs to be given towards your mental fitness towards your mental health towards how you handle failure disappointment uh being alone you know uh and and some kind of exposure to uh to to kind of you know dealing with uh, frustration uh you know so this this also comes down to the fact that you know how how are, how are, as parents what are we doing you know it comes down to you know if you just keep pushing uh, and and going behind and looking from where does all this uh, uh begin kind of you know willing to allow risk taking behavior in children how how we want to protect them how we want to make everything smooth for them how we want to kind of you know take away all the thorns from their path so so i think uh, urban middle class parents you know they for for them their entire life goal is to make their child happy you know and comfortable and protected so i think somewhere you know we need to go back to old fashioned uh simple and hard ways of bringing up children you know just giving them a uh, a level playing field definitely but but then backing off you know once you explain the boundaries to them then then children need to be told and given that that kind of uh leverage you know to to allow and experience every emotion you know whether it's disappointment hurt isolation you know you know guilt or or self pity or whatever so rather than that and and all this molly coddling that we are doing is is also reaching out reaching to this uh, to to children not being able to evaluate themselves correctly so so you they land up not evaluating their situations correctly not knowing how to respond to situations they they leave home they come and then the first time that they experience some kind of difficulty you know they, they don't know what to do because this is a situation they are unfamiliar with so i think ultimately allowing for more resilient uh, parenting and sensible parenting is the need of the hour absolutely ma'am and what what about uh, ma'am students who have already reached the college and you know they've they've gone through whatever kind of parenting was provided um and they suddenly see uh, now what should i do 
what what do you think uh, we should tell them as to you know these are the few things you should keep in mind and then just go for it <laughs> yeah i think one is allowing for uh, uh, emotional uh, expression you know allowing for uh, i i don't know i i don't know maybe maybe we are not bringing up we are not being brought up in that in that open manner where we are allowed to share what we feel and i don't even know who would be interested in listening to what i'm feeling you know but uh, but it's important for me to understand what i'm feeling and important to uh, reach out to somebody at least for help you know so i i know that i I've, i've met so many students who who at times i'm surprised they don't have even a single friend so so they don't know they they're probably social uh, socially isolated people they don't know how to reach out how to make a network of friends how to trust people you know so so these are basic issues that people are going through they need to learn that you can trust you know even if a friend let you down you could make a new friend and and go on the journey has to carry on so so learn taking these small life lessons and and making sure so there's lot of research that that shows that people who are well connected people who have strong social supports do better socially emotionally do better so so my kind of advice to all youngsters is to uh, to reach out you know even if you are an introvert you i'm sure you can reach out to at least one person who thinks like you who you can trust who you think you can share so uh, so so they also staying connected to family i i would give that advice to all youngsters stay connected to family you know however successful or big or whatever that you achieve whatever grades you may achieve whatever but uh, but but nobody can be more supportive and uh, more think more good about your future than your family so i'm noticing a lot of disconnect with families nobody wants to like when i when i talk to students and i and i asked them you know when was the last time you called up and spoke to your parents you know it would some some students would say 6 months some would say like 3 months 2 months and that would surprise me because i am a person who likes to stay connected on a day to day basis so but, but but there is a trend of shifting away from families and thinking that uh, how can we begin something you know so communication never happened when we were there now we've left home how can we restart the communication so how do we join bridges you know how do how do we uh, something that was non existent earlier how do we begin that how do we initiate or, or how do we just say sorry and you know reach back to old friendships that that probably are, are have gone bad or have gone sour you know so how do you how do you say sorry and how do you uh join and how do you kind of connect make old revive old connections so i i see a lot of youngsters deal with these simple challenges and i think this is what goes towards making them more resilient so so i had a i had a question over here ma'am and you you talking about you know these amazing uh, tips for the students you know stay socially connected and well engineering colleges most of us are introverts who end up in engineering colleges whether by choice or whether by nature we become introverts um it's very difficult so stay socially connected uh, connect with your families uh, or reconnect with them as you said and uh, you know just learn uh, how to uh, communicate uh, like things like how to say sorry and all that which brings uh, another thing in in play which is just basic communication you know so uh, in education we have something called uh, social emotional learning sel 
and uh, you know there's a lot of focus on it uh, over the last two decades um but apparently our school systems and college systems still don't understand it and uh, even though i remember in my time and nd jalandhar we had a communications teacher uh, you know she was from iim indore or whatever but she never really told us you know uh, how you basically uh, communicate with another human being uh, you know uh, how how you basically greet somebody or uh, you would say uh, sorry or apologize um ma'am do you think that today's students uh, they are better off than uh, earlier uh, maybe my time or maybe even before that do you think they have more resources uh, to look out for to learn these things even though the schools and families are uh, unaware of teaching these things to them this uh, book on emotional agility by uh, dr susan david which is really very it's it's on the best selling kind of chart right now so so there's plenty of information sort of but then again that again i would like to reiterate that this is a time of too much information and very little wisdom uh this is not an original quote i think i must have read it somewhere so i'm borrowing it but but i do i do believe i do believe that this is what is happening ultimately all you have to do is just know who you are and and stop just i i so so one big stressor amongst young people is trying to fit in and when they are trying to fit in they they try to project themselves as what they are not you know they are not actually that but they try to show it so so much of incongruence and so much of dissonance that's there because because i'm not that i am not the what i'm showing socially what i'm showing i'm not that person but i'm showing it so that i can fit into the group so ultimately it all comes down to know yourself know who you are and and as as long as you're confident of what you what you what your strengths are and what you can bring to the table and what you really have to offer the world uh i i think that awareness that knowledge and and that practical uh, wisdom is very very essential and very very important towards uh, good mental health i'm not trying to sh- you know do everything and try to make a mess of something and then it impacts my confidence and then then i have to say that okay i'm i'm doing something which i'm not enjoying and i'm neither good at but i'm doing it because uh, for some reason that i'm stuck here i i don't have any other job so i'm doing this so and then it impacts my confidence at my workplace and then a uh, lot of other emotional issues and mental health issues which get impacted so ultimately i think once you know who you are and uh, and you can say it proudly that this is what i am you know and and there's no there's no incongruence in who i am and what i'm showing to the outside world i think that's the only way forward you're absolutely right ma'am and in fact uh, you know i've experienced the same i mean you've worked uh, on the mental wellness side uh, since i did my masters in psychology a lot of students just approached me for uh, you know behavioral counseling or uh, uh, you know uh, just just uh, psychological counseling i would say so and i i couldn't really uh, do it properly because a i was uh, well i did not have a lot of experience secondly i really wanted to work more towards education and career consulting and even now when i do career consulting there are a lot of times when i have to address these issues in the students that this is who you are this is and because that gives them so much confidence that a lot of their uh, you know uh, issues a lot of things that are going on in their mind which can become big issues they get sorted out and this brings us to uh, you know a very important question ma'am um 
because this is exactly what uh, Sage Advice is trying to do as well, provide counseling on all fronts. So please tell us about uh, Sage Advice. Uh, what is Sage Advice and uh, how did the idea come about to be? And uh, uh, how are you going to use technology to make this uh, you know, better? A wonderful question, Saurabh. And uh, so Sage Advice was uh, conceptualized before the pandemic. So though uh, you know our timing could not be better for, for using technology, the interface of technology and counseling together, but it was conceptualized just before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and then you know uh, the whole world came online and then we realized the importance of uh, reaching out to people through you know using technology so i think it's it's wonderful to be able to leverage uh, resources and uh, put them together in a portal so so just telling you a little bit sage advice is a is is, is a mental health portal we uh, it, it's a uh, something you can, you know, you log into, you make an account with Sage Advice and then you can access uh, amongst, uh, from amongst 40 uh, panel counselors with varying years of experience and expertise. And, uh, and, and they are from all over the country, from very, very premier institutions. And so, so we have curated the, the best uh, counseling talent from all over the country. So being able to leverage such a thing. So today when, uh, Say I approach an institution here, um, say, uh, you know, in any local college or institution, you know, I have the confidence that that I'm backed by not only my skills, but 40 people who are additionally, you know, uh, with the same, or, you know, even better, probably and newer techniques of dealing with uh, problems related to students and uh, mental health challenges. So, so that is, I think, the, the use of technology. Uh, another thing is that we have also been able to reach out to vulnerable and uh, you know far away populations for whom otherwise mental health services was an absolute uh, you know it, it, there was just, there was just no way to access mental health you know so we are uh, in conversation with many vulnerable groups and uh, different NGOs who are working with those groups like for example victims of domestic abuse and violence so there are there there are organizations who are working with them. And these organizations want support from Sage Advice for their mental uh, health professionals and workers, you know, for their frontline workers. So now, uh, a, you know, a telecalling service that uh, is provide, you know, does not have the expertise of uh, of having trained psychologists, you know, receive calls. So they are just people who are volunteers who have been given a little, uh, you know, brushing up training kind of, you know, and put out there on the front line. But they are going, they are listening to calls day in and day out and they don't know if they are giving the right advice or dealing with people calling up in the right way. So, so now we are in talks with uh, different organizations to train them. And, uh, and, and of course, reaching out to different people who otherwise would not have access uh, to mental health services. So we are hoping to reach small towns, villages, everywhere, wherever, where it's impossible. Like, you know that the... Uh, the psychiatrist or psychologist tends to a uh, patient ratio in the country is very very dismal so it, it's very poor you don't have the necessary requisite amount of uh, mental mental health professionals in the country you know the population is vast and the resources are very limited so we, we've tried to uh, provide through the use of technology you know we are giving those services to places which, which do not even have probably access to a good mental health care 
so so this in a nutshell would be what sage advice is trying to do you know it's basically the tagline of talk to somebody it helps and sage advice for a better life which means that uh, all we are trying to do is to promote well mental well-being mental health and uh, also spread an awareness that mental health is important you know you can't keep brushing things under the carpet and suddenly one fine day you have a panic attack and you don't know where it came from you know or you or you you pushed yourself towards the edge of uh, depression and and, and it's uh, impacting every aspect of your life and you don't know what to do with it it's impacting your relationships your work your whole life so and you don't know what to do about it so we want to spread the word that you know reach out we are there so technology has definitely you know uh, enabled us to do this and and uh, it has been uh, a new not a new phenomenon in india actually uh, for the, if, if we notice you know for the past 5 years we have so many different ventures and 2020 has been a blessing in disguise as far as mental wellness is concerned in india uh, mental wellness uh, counseling uh, accessibility is concerned in india um because i have i see so many different ventures coming up non-profits doing uh, different things celebrities and industrialists investing money into this and so on so you know uh, definitely that is there um, my my question here is ma'am so you know uh, counseling also has a bit of a cultural uh, i would say flavor to it because if you do not understand somebody's circumstances cultural circumstances you know uh, you can definitely uh, not be as effective in counseling as you would like to be uh because a lot of the time the cultural uh, cultural circumstances are the biggest culprits right so how how does uh you know uh, how do we counter this because if somebody from uh, let's say tripura calls up and asks for advice and so how how is that being tackled yeah so we had that in mind when we were curating our panel counselors so you've tried to have fair representation from all parts of the country and uh, so we also have so we have people from northeast we have counselors from bengal uh, we have counselors from south india so we've tried to take this cultural uh, uh, kind of point of view into into concern you know we had that in mind uh, while you know we were making our uh, you know so we really wanted to go vernacular we wanted to go cultural culturally specific and and be relevant so so we have kept that in mind so that's why our panel counselors are from all parts of the country and in fact uh, we also have people who have you know on the panel who are uh, indians uh, who are settling uh, outside india so ultimately the plan is to also reach out to the indian diaspora who are you know outside the country and uh, you know i i in fact have clients calling me up and reaching out to me from uh, you know indians who are settled outside india who feel that it's impossible to as you said you know that the cultural connect is missing so so you know they 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 go to a counselor there in their city but they find that they're not actually satisfied because of the uh, the, the lack of cultural relevance you know on or, or not being viewed in their own cultural context so so you're absolutely 100% right about that and we at sage advice we've kept that in mind absolutely and and i hope uh, uh, you know sage advice uh, grows up to this uh, the vision that you know uh, you and uh, the other core team members have had um, ma'am i would like to know as to what all uh, did you contribute to sage advice how did you go about the process 
you know just to uh, inform others uh, uh, aspiring psychologists maybe uh, so you know you, they can learn from that so the client has a has to log into uh, and make an account with sage advice and then uh, we've designed many self tests so they are part of the portal you know it's embedded into the portal and uh, so you take a test and you come to know whether what you have is as i i was talking to you about you know that thin line between worry and trauma and anxiety and you know and and stress and depression you know everything is at times used synonymously but they're all very different so so trying to understand where where are you on that spectrum you know between like just a simple worry to a you know an absolute uh, experience of a, a a very severe bout of anxiety you know so so you can check yourself you can test your own self and and take, you get a score you'll and and that once you get a score you're also given some kind of a, a simple kind of an advice about how to uh what what you should do and how you should uh, help yourself and of course there uh, people are encouraged to reach out for help uh by kind of actually taking a counseling session so uh so so the process is very simple either the person knows okay for example i know i need relationship advice or counseling so i can choose from a panel of experts who are have the expertise under relationship counseling and if not then sage advice uh, the portal can match the problem with the counselor so i just have to type my problem okay i have this problem and the uh, the portal or the 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 actual you know the portal will match the counselor with my problem so so this is how it's like a very seamless and a very uh, kind of a smooth experience that people are, are reporting and the the chat uh, the call the audio and the video interface everything is embedded uh through uh you know into the portal so there's no separate instrument or separate phone needed or anything like that you know so through the portal uh, you know a session is booked and the the session can be conducted through the portal itself so ma'am how has your experience been uh while doing uh, video call uh, counseling or you know not uh, seeing the person in person but uh, over the phone maybe or, or over zoom etc how has your experience been yeah so out of out of chat and which is like texting and uh, audio and video i think the best results are got in a video call so a video call of you know it offers that the the component of the non verbal cues the the body language which you can read so but but i i find the video call uh, counseling sessions to be on par with uh, the face to face session oh wow that's that's a uh, quite a statement then <laughs> yeah uh, because with with audio yes you can't see the expressions you can't you know uh, there there's so much that you miss out so much of data that you miss out on and uh, with text again you know you miss out on you know it's so completely anonymous but but then ultimately the purpose is to really understand the uh, the emotional state of the client and to try and help as much as possible our work is just to provide support and guidance it's not problem solving it is not uh, taking the problems away so it is providing support guidance and giving clarity and uh, and and also helping them realize what strengths they have and how to approach their situations in in a more productive manner
so so ma'am um we we're, we're reaching the end of the episode uh, thank you so much for taking out the time um before we leave i would like you to answer two very quick questions uh we, i have uh, included this as the formal part of uh, such conversations matter um did not do this in the previous session season but i thought this will be very interesting so any career advice for budding psychologists or mental health mental wellness professionals in india be persistent and consistent you know so carry on doing what you uh, need to do and and keep on doing uh, it consistently you know so uh, i think consistency is what matters you know people need to know what you're doing and and then your work will be taken seriously the second advice would be to to really keep growing professionally because there there's so much of work happening all over the world this i think psychology is a very dynamic subject so it's not as if you study and then you graduate and and then you're good to go for the next forever you know it's it's not like that you have to keep evolving keep reading keep understanding keep uh, and and researching you know so um understanding human behavior is a very very big uh, challenge you know and uh, and as human beings keep adapting and changing to the complex environments uh psychology as a profession and a discipline also needs to keep evolving and we as professionals also need to keep growing and evolving so that is my message perfect and ma'am thank you so much for that i think uh, people really need to understand that especially if you're living in a conservative uh, country like india at least conservative about mental wellness right um so ma'am last uh, segment of the session uh, you know entire episode uh, do you want would you like to give a one line or you know a sentence uh, for the entire world any message uh, which can make our world a better place talk to someone it helps perfect i think it, it we couldn't have line. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have captured the essence of the entire show better in any other sentence than what you just said ma'am talk to someone it helps perfect thank you so much uh, uh, pallavi khana ma'am to you know for taking out time and being here thank you thank you saurav it was a pleasure talking to you Thank you for listening to this episode of Such Conversations Matter. Please share this episode with your friends who you think will benefit from this conversation too. Please like this episode, subscribe to and follow our channel on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and all major podcast platforms. We would love to hear your comments and feedback. If you think such conversations are important and should continue, then please consider donating. You could treat me to a coffee or an expensive dessert. Take care and keep thinking of the future we should have.